Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to e-commerce conversations, a podcast by practical e-commerce. What is going on internet? Eric Van Holtz here with another e-commerce conversations and building an e-commerce business for, as you guys know, practical e-commerce. I'm your host, Eric Van Holtz with Beard Brand. And, uh, you know, today is a super special podcast for me because I'm actually turning, uh, I don't know if you're, you say you're turning the microphone around on this person, but Kurt Elster is the host of Unofficial Shopify Podcast. He also does a fair amount of support and guidance and consulting and website work for people with a side business that he has. I, I don't even know if he could probably call it a side business. But what's interesting is back on his episode, number 54, I was on his show as a guest. That was March of 2016. So four years ago, uh, we had this conversation and... Another thing I want to mention is we were both in Boston for Clavio Boston, but because he was wearing his camouflaged jacket, I did not see him. So I wasn't able to catch up with him. What did I miss, Kurt? Well, yeah, I think you, you got everything right. I've been a Shopify expert since 2011. I have worked on Shopify exclusively since 2015. I eat, sleep, breathe Shopify. I even have a Shopify license plate. At the Clavio Boston, I could not get near you. I saw you several times in the hallway, always surrounded by an army of people just wanting to to touch your e-commerce success and <laughs> yeah. hope it rubs off on them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's only because I'm tall. That's that's the only reason people can, are, can spot Yeah, me. it makes you easy to spot in a crowd. You just threw a whole wrench in my gear because I thought we were just going to talk about big commerce the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is Shopify the, the place to be? Is it still hot? <laughs> yeah over a million merchants on shopify and i think some of the the real power of it is the partner ecosystem that they have been investing in since nearly day one i think they're up to twelve thousand partners now and having access to like an army of people who can help you grow your store whether it's through apps integrations or professional services really adds a, a ton of value to the core platform yeah, I mean, uh, we're we're still on Shopify. It's been great to us. It's helped us grow. Also, from a show perspective, there's a lot of platforms out there. You don't have to go with any particular one. No, it's your business. Yeah. Do what's right for you. Exactly. What's what's new in Shopify? Like, what kind of things are they they unleashing? What kind of things really set them apart in 2020 versus you know five years ago? I, I think the the core proposition has remained largely unchanged. It's we're going to take away the technology pain point of it because I came from the WordPress universe. And as soon as you're managing your, your own WordPress site, and I'm like, I don't mean to pick on WordPress just to you know, pick on self-hosted solutions in general. You are now in the, the hosting security business. So you need, you are solely responsible for making sure that your stuff stays online, stays up to date and stays secure. 
So the moment you go to a cloud solution like Shopify as a platform, all of those headaches go away to free you up to focus on the more entrepreneurial aspects of it. And their vision has been, they refer to Shopify as the entrepreneurial operating system. And I think the model they have is Shopify, your Shopify dashboard, when you log into it, that is the hub of your e-commerce business. And then the online store is just one of many spokes. The And, you know, that speaks to earlier, I mentioned the power of the partner ecosystem. And I think that model speaks to that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fun to watch Shopify grow and evolve. I was a, a similar thing rather than WooCommerce. I came from uh, Magento. And in the early days of Magento, I just set up a, a store and had no sales. And then after a month, the website just crashed. And I was like, oh, Lord, like <laughs> my whole life is just going to be spent managing a store rather than focusing on marketing. So fortunately for me, after uh, talking to a buddy, I got the suggestion to, to just let Shopify do it all, pay a little bit more. But in reality, you're, you're not really paying that much more. I mean, 30 bucks a month to get started is pretty unreal. Yeah, it's they've got that tiered structure. But yeah, even like the $30 a month plan has, every, if you say, listen, I want to sell online right now, it has everything you need and more. Absolutely. What are you seeing from people who reach out to you, your consulting services, are these kind of falling in the Shopify Plus side or are you able to work with with companies like really getting off the ground and up to seven, eight figures? Well, as far as like the leads coming in, it is all over the board. And right now it feels like there is a, a gold rush into e-commerce where I'm seeing more new store builds than ever before, which is great. Our own clientele uh, tends to be people who they are on Shopify they have validated the business. So like they, they bootstrapped it, they built it themselves, they got as far as they could. They went, hey, this works and is making money. All right, now it's time to get this stuff off our plate and hire someone else to worry about it and polish it and take it to the next level. That's always what people tell me. I want to take it to the next level. So we do a lot of front-end work, you know, helping people get the theme set up because truthfully, that's the hardest part for merchants. There's a lot of best practices that you need to be aware of to make a, a good shopping experience. There's a lot of like subjective, squishy, creative decisions that need to get made. And like ultimately it, it can lead to a lot of analysis paralysis where it, it's just it becomes very difficult to make a decision on your own. The other problem is like as everyone has this issue where they can't see the forest through the trees on their own website because you spend more time on your website than literally anybody else. So it, it could be tough to see minor issues. You just get used to them. So having a, a third party do it could be beneficial just to catch that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, a side project where I make these rowing jerseys and I was playing around with a theme and the theme option had like a hundred different fonts or 200 fonts. And you're just sitting there like clicking through literally like every single font and you're like, this one is like slightly different than the other one, but I've, I've spent hours just trying to figure out what are the two fonts that I need on my website. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes you just need someone who's less emotionally invested in it who could just decide. Yeah, they're like, all right, this looks good. I know it looks good. We've done it before. It performs well. Let's get it done. Let's move it forward. What are, what are some of the biggest mistakes people are making on Shopify? Oh, man. So, all right, specific to Shopify... I think the best part about Shopify is the app ecosystem, the app store. I, the worst part about Shopify is the app store. So I say that because no matter what feature 
integration system thing you need, there is probably one or more apps for it. And they're probably all reasonably priced. Some will even be free. But it is easy to get addicted to apps and you start playing app roulette where you're like, if I just get the right one, it's going to take my sales to the next level. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. But the larger problem there is as you install these apps, each one has a payload to it. Each one adds weight to the site. And they also add cost to your monthly recurring expenses. So, you know, if you've got one app, fine. You got eight apps, fine. Well, not uncommon to a counter store that has 40 apps. By the time you get there, I go, well, what do these do? And they go, we don't even know. And I have been paid more times than I could count a consulting fee to just figure out what apps can go and which need to stay. And so that's kind of a, a trap that people can fall into. And the same is true of like, you know, WordPress with plugins. When we used to do WordPress, we'd see stores with like six different SEO plugins and, you know, one one or more is hacked. And that's more of a like a larger platform issue. So that's a, a common mistake I see specific to Shopify. My current pet peeve for just general e-commerce website layout issues is main menus. The main menu is like the front door to the site. It is the the most important thing in finding the product is being able to navigate a main menu. If you go to any major retailer's website, that main menu is devoted exclusively to shopping. If I load up any random independent merchant store, it's probably like home, about, blog, contact. And then there's a little four-letter word that just says shop. And that's a drop-down menu. And that drop-down menu then has all of the shopping stuff jammed into it. Guess what? That's the most important part. You hid the most important part entirely behind a tiny drop-down menu. Go on any major website. None of them will do it. All of that stuff will be in a secondary menu in the header, or they'll be moved as links to the footer. And then that main menu gets devoted exclusively to shopping. I know this sounds obvious, but nobody does it. And it makes a huge difference in how the site is perceived and how easy it is for people to shop. No, absolutely. And those are one of the things where you can A-B test pretty easily in Shopify. You build two different navigation menus. You try one for a week and then try another one for the next week and kind of see what kind of results you have for you know your click-through rates, your average time on website, your conversion rates, all those things. You can uh, use Google Analytics to figure out revenue by page to try and decide what pages do and do not deserve to be in that main menu. It is precious real estate. It is limited real estate. That's one method we've used. The split testing works. Um, uh, comparisons like that work, or you could also heat map it and see, okay, which links do people click on and which do they not particularly click on? And that's similar to the Google analytics solution. Getting me antsy to hang up this podcast and dig into my analytics now and figure out how to <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> yeah. To, to hack up my navigation menu to make it so much more effective. I also wanted to echo what you said about the website speed. Like even us as a quote unquote, like shining star example of how to do e-commerce like we had the app bloat over time where just things get added you hire people they move roles or you have developers who work on the website things get added and you're no longer using it and we just we cut everything man like we cut our live chat we cut any kind of like app out there and we're like you know if it's if it's not part of the functionality of the the primary template or the theme that we're using then we're just going to not use it. And then we're going to see with the exception of uh, recharge was the one we kept. And then like 
you know, kind of our basics like Clavio, where we get our flows going. But how did you decide what apps to keep and what not to keep? I don't know if we had like a like a gut feeler for anything, but the goal was speed. We wanted our website to be smoking fast, so we we actually relaunched our website. We were using a, a custom website from Feel Made, who does wonderful work. Unfortunately, yeah, Carson at Feel Made, oh, good yeah, guy yeah. and very good good team and and good good projects. Yeah, so we worked with them, and then unfortunately, they're so good that. I'm like, I need to do some work. And they're like, yeah, well, we can hop on a call like a couple weeks down the road. And I was like, man, you guys are smashing it, but I want to move quickly. So we we downloaded a, a premium template and our criteria for actually finding the theme was running everything through uh, Google PageSpeed before we even made a decision. So if it wasn't already loading fast on the Shopify theme store template example, then we weren't going to consider it. So we found one that we think is one of the fastest themes on the platform. And then we just it had a lot of features already built into the template. And then we cut everything except for, um, you know, like almost like the essentials that we had. So like we used to have a live chat and live chat is such a resource hog. And we're like, what is a creative way that we can do this where we don't have to put payload onto our website? And what we ended up doing was uh, working with a motive to handle our live chats through SMS texting. And on our notification bar at the top, we just say, hey, Texas phone number. So there's like no JavaScript or anything. It's just a simple phone number that people will type in or or click. And then they can start texting us for that live chat feature. That's really awesome. I'm taking a screenshot of that and I will be (laughs) sharing it on Twitter. That is so good. But I mean, like, yeah, those it's not just live chat. All of them, all of the chat things that you put on your website are resource hogs. So that would be like one of the first ones. And then like, a-B testing is usually a, a, a pretty good resource hog. And if you're really not getting that kind of throughput of volume, it's hard to be statistically relevant anyways. I'm kind of more of a, you know, go with your gut and make a lot of decisions and move quickly over kind of like this perfect data. Because data is never perfect. You know, you're always going to have some kind of mud uh, in that data. So you kind of have to, to a certain degree, be directionally correct is kind of what we like to do. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a a fair and pragmatic solution. Um, To your point, websites develop cruft over time. It's like these all these little snippets and pixels and apps and JavaScript libraries. They end up being like barnacles on a ship. And periodically, you got to scrape them off. Right. And then, you know, the other thing is like if if we cut it off and we saw a huge drop in conversion rate or, you know, we got a lot of customers who are like, hey, where did that go? I really like that. Where is this? then yeah, we'll make that change, but it's kind of like beg for forgiveness, you know, act first or act quickly and then beg for forgiveness. What is it? Um, it's better to ask for forgiveness. Better than, to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Yeah, so we kind of did that. And then, you know, the data, we haven't seen any drop in it. And our page speed went from like on average five seconds to three seconds, which I'm pretty happy with. That's very quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in terms of key performance indicators, what was the outcome of that? You went through all this effort. You rebuilt a theme. You thought really hard. You self-edited your collection of apps, which is fantastic. And having worked with 100 merchants at this point, really hard to do and atypical. Very few people will do what you have done. What was the outcome there? Was it worth it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super, super stoked with it. Really happy with it. I mean, our goal was page speed. So 
we achieved our goal and we we relaunched the website in a week, dude. So like, it, wow. yeah, man, like we, we don't mess around here. So we kind of like put on the blinders and like, this was our top priority and just re rebuilt everything. And, you know, there was a lot of things that we wanted to kind of like unify our product pages and kill like this collection pages. And it would have probably been more time to like have the custom solutions on fuel made than finding a template that kind of fit the things that we wanted out of the box. So I think there's a lot of time and energy that went into the research stage, which is pretty uh -huh. important. Well, and you have years of experience at this point. Like I wouldn't recommend this activity for someone who's, you know, three months into a Shopify store. You're not going to have the same result as Beardbrand. Well, not Beard only Brand that, is, like I, I built websites. Always been a great site. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So dude, like what are some brands that are doing some things really dope? Oh man. All right. So my favorite client to work with at the moment is Hoonigan. And Hoonigan oh, yeah. is this uh, automotive lifestyle brand. At one point, they uh, had the most viral video on YouTube years ago for this this car video called Gymkhana that's like half drifting. Think like if you combine drifting and, I don't know, Cirque du Soleil. It's quite quite the activity. Um, it's like a dance performance. A, yes. In cars. Yeah, except it's like using stunt driving, basically. It's very cool. And so it, it went viral. And a automotive lifestyle brand was born out of that. So it's this very creative team. I think there's about like 30 people there in Long Beach. And I knew the brand years ago when I first started out, they were coming up and they, if you had asked me what was my like dream brand to work with, it would have been Hoonigan. And then like two and a half years ago, their CEO just emails me out of the blue and goes, Hey, could you help us with our website? I re I fell out of bed. I reread that email like five times and ended up working with them still working with them, thrilled to death about it. But they do such a phenomenal job in their marketing and their, their creative and their ads that they have built a community. And I think that is the magic that a lot of brands miss. If you can build a genuine sense of community into what you do by like truly loving what you do and finding other people who love what you do, whether it was intentional or not, that's what they've attracted. And like, makes it a cult brand where some of their, their top customers will have made per repeat purchases two dozen times. And it's not like this is a consumable good. So it's, it is tremendously satisfying to work with a brand that has a, a cult following through their own dedication and is able to move quickly and produce tremendous creative. What, what, what kind of products are they selling? It's lifestyle apparel, largely. It's okay. a lot of... Um, Just like branded it's a lot and again. Like, yeah, like stuff. originally it was like t-shirts, sweatshirts, and stickers. But now it's really expanded into some cool stuff. It's some, some cross-branded stuff. Like they had a, a limited... They'll do a lot of limited edition brand collabs, kind of borrowing from the, the streetwear industry. Like last year at Black Friday, they had one of the special edition items was a Hoonigan branded club. Remember the, the club where you oh, yeah, locks yeah. your steering wheel to place? Oh man, that's perfect, huh? Yeah, but they're also very clever in their promotions. So what they do is often is free gift with purchase. But the trick is the free gift with purchase should be an exclusive item. It should be something that is only available during those purchases. And this doesn't have to be some extraordinary fancy thing. For Cyber Week, every week you got a different lapel pin uh, that was only available as a free gift with purchase that day. 
Well, naturally, when you have exclusives and you have something novel, so you're combining scarcity and novelty. Oh, man, those two triggers combined are like the ultimate psychological conversion levers because you are forcing people into, listen, if you want it, and you probably do because the human brain craves novelty, then you have 24 hours to make a purchase decision. That stuff really, it, like it's an inexpensive, it's a lapel pin, it's an inexpensive item. Um, or they sponsor a lot of athletes. When a athlete wins, that Sunday they send out an email and go, hey, when we win, you win. Every purchase gets a gold sticker. That's it. It's just a, a gold foil Hoonigan sticker. But the only way to get it is to place an order the day of or after one of their sponsored athlete wins a race. So it forces them to be in, engaged with their their influencers too, right? Yes. There's so many factors that go into that that elevate that. We did something similar where we had a candle at the same fragrance of our cologne we just launched. And and those went insanely fast for us. I think what's interesting about what you said is, you know, bringing this back to the beginning of the conversation, the next app or whatever sales guys hitting you up in your email inbox about how they're going to convert your performance from, you know, 10x what you're doing is a load of crock. What you need to be doing is thinking uniquely about your business and thinking about creative ways to build a community, to tell a story, to have promotions. Like that is where you generate value in the marketplace. And that is where you separate yourself from your competitors, really. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about themes. Let's kind of move back into maybe the self-starter or someone who's going to roll up their own sleeves. Do you have any kind of recommendations for templates or themes or companies? I think there's like, when we're researching, there's only like 170 options on the Uh Shopify theme store, unless I was missing things. No, no, you're right. I have opinions on Shopify themes. And it turns out, so does the theme team at Shopify. I have talked to members of that team on and off through the various Shopify Unite conferences that I've attended over the last five years. And I give you some background here. The themes that are in that app store, they are extremely selective. Or in the themes in the Shopify theme store. So like the officially blessed by Pope Shopify themes are limited in options and settings intentionally to make them easier to use, to make them less intimidating. So the theme I'd love that I use more than any other in the last two and a half years is a turbo theme by out of the sandbox. They've been consistently updating it. I love it. I used it on Jay Leno's garage. I used it on course of performance yard, like just an endless list of sites. But even though out of the sandbox has several themes in that theme store, um, including very popular ones like parallax and retina, Turbo's not in there. Turbo's not in there because it has a ton of options jammed into it. And so it, I don't think it would ever be approved to be in that app store because you don't want something that's like very intimidating to a new merchant. So there's kind of a balance there. Like if you are starting your first Shopify store, I wouldn't start with some big expensive theme. I would start with a, a simple free theme first. So it's not intimidating so that you learn the basics and get comfortable with it and then work on, you know, switch to a, a bigger, more involved theme. Last thing I would do in the world is just buy like whatever theme from a marketplace, like picking a WordPress theme from ThemeForest. Those places also sell Shopify themes. Anytime we've used one, we have regretted it. And eventually it led to us having a rule. We will not work on a theme unless it is from one of uh, a list of of pre-approved developers. So anything that's in the Shopify store is going to be quality. They're extremely stringent 
about what gets in there. At most, one new theme gets added a month, typically. And they actively remove themes. I could have sworn that they used to have like 300 or 400, 500, and it just seems like it's really dwindled. I don't think they had that many. I do know supposedly two members of the Shopify theme team left to start their own theme development company. I think it's Archetype. Archetype themes is good. Maestro themes is good. Out of the Sandbox is good. And Pixel Union. Those four, I would, without question, if you said, hey, should I use X theme from any of those four? I would say yes, because I have faith in the quality of the code, the theme, and their support. Yeah, I can speak on behalf of both Out of the Sandbox, which we used with our first, I think it was our first or second theme that we did. And then uh, Pixel Union, we're on Prestige, which is uh, our current one. I think that's Pixel Union. I could be wrong. but So how do you get like these kind of hidden themes? Like where do you find Turbo? Is it, do you have to go to their website or? You get it direct from the developer. Yeah. And so are a lot of these developers sharing other themes and templates on their own private websites? Yes. And because they, they don't have a choice, Shopify makes it so difficult to get a theme in the theme store, which is a good thing because there's no junk in the theme store, but that is the limitation. All right. I looked it up. Prestige theme, which is what Beard Brand uses, is by Maestro. Oh, okay. So that's one of the one of the four developers. I said, hey, these guys are solid. And there's four featured stores in their listing. Beard Brand, as it sits now, is in there. Oh, we're already featured. How did that happen? Someone will recognize it and share it. Like I'll share, like I'll, you know, we'll build a site for a client and we'll share it. And like immediately we'll get feedback from someone on that theme development team being like, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. I think what they pay attention. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool that they know. I'll have to go ahead and pat myself on the back. I think one of the things you, you worry about with a theme and just buying something is that your website's going to look like everyone else's website. Yes. So how do you differentiate websites when all the, the kind of the bones of the website are the same? This is a really common fear and I don't think it's founded. So I live in a subdivision and in my subdivision, there are, I think 200 houses and there are three houses that are identical to mine. All three look completely different because they have different landscaping. They sit on a different lot. They face different directions and they have different decor and paint. They don't look like the same house. I just recognize it because I know what my house looks like. The same is true of themes and even more so. The theme really is just a way to showcase your content and your brand. So like if you use all the default styling and often you know we see this where it's like, well, they didn't change the default colors. They didn't change the default fonts. They just put in their logo and products go. Well, if you want something quick and easy, yeah, you could do that. When we do it for a client, we're going to change all of the, the colors and typography first to match the brand. That sounds simple, but a lot of people skip it. We're going to put all that content in. We're going to lay it out nicely. And if you're really worried about it, just change the, the design of the header. That's all you have to do. If you change that design of that header, it will immediately change the entire feel. So we call that in print, you call that the masthead, the top of the, the newspaper. Change the masthead on your website. It will feel like something completely different and unique. Yeah. So how are you able to, to change it? Is it just like the, the background image or is it the... So in the case of the footer, because it applies to the foot, I'll do usually do the footer too. Usually it's like you put a background image in there and switch up the columns and it will give it a unique look. The header, that's where we'll usually do some custom development. Even if you're not doing custom development in your theme, 
you should have some theme developer that you trust that you can lean on that you can keep on retainer. And the way to find someone, you know, get some some referrals and just give a few people some small projects and see how they work. Because if they work that way in a tiny project, they're going to work just as well on a larger project. But for the the headers, generally we customize it. So like a good example of that is Corsa Performance. They sell $1,300 mufflers, C-O-R-S-A Performance Corsa. And it's very important that people be able to find their product. These guys have thousands of mufflers, but you only want to see the one that fits your car. So we customize the header. It's got a, um, it's called a YMM selector, year make model. You just pick your year make model in there. In the header, boom, you see just only out of thousands of product, just like the three or four that'll fit your website. Well, that customization makes the site very easy to use. It also makes it look very unique. I'm surprised because I, I know a lot of people who have huge catalogs kind of have been shied away from Shopify, but you guys aren't having any kind of issues or limitations with that. I have a website that I'm, we're working on right now, and I wish it was public and live so that I could tell you what it was because it's so cool. It right now, when we started working on it, it had 80,000 products. It has 120,000 now. By the end of the year, we are going to have 200,000 on it. There were some things we had to work through, but we did it. The site is incredibly performant, meaning it is one of the fastest sites I've ever worked on. When we first started this project, it took 30 to 40 seconds to load a collection page because of the number of products we were filtering through. Like Shopify is giving us new technologies like React. Using that stuff, you can have a catalog with six figures worth of product and have it load in two to three seconds. That's crazy, man. It's good to see that they're rolling out new technologies for that because that's been a, a big limitation from what I hear in this space. Yes, it has been in the past. The other, as long as we're, we're talking about it, I think the other um, strange frustration with Shopify is the 100 variant limit. So if I've got a product with options, say a t-shirt, and my t-shirt comes in 10 sizes, or I'm sorry, it comes in five sizes and 10 colors, that is 50 variants. If I add a third option set where I say, well, do you want it in big or tall? Now, okay, two options. I'm now at 100 variants on that product. That's the limit. You can add no more than that. And I don't know, I'm sure there are, there are technical reasons. The CEO of Shopify, Toby, is very deliberate and measured and pragmatic. I truly don't believe that man does anything arbitrarily. I'm sure there, there are good reasons for it. Um, but and there's apps to work around it. But yeah, that's, that's one, one limitation. Yeah, I know with shoes, that's a huge issue. Because I'll look at Allbirds. Allbirds is on Shopify and they have like yes. each shoe, they're exactly the same, just a different color, but they each have its own URL. And you got to imagine that's killing their SEO. And they do some some really clever stuff with JavaScript. So like when you switch colors, the entire product listing changes, but you don't even really notice it. Yeah, like if you seamless. look at the URL, you see it, but it happens so seamlessly. I would imagine that's that's a great example of building a site on React. I would think. I don't have confirmation of that, but really, like who, I don't know who built it, but they did a tremendous job. It's a very good site. Yeah. All the, the imagery is exactly the same. Go to Allbirds, check it out. And the beauty of design is in the details. It's yes. when you go to a completely different URL, it loads just as fast as you would expect it. And the images are all perfectly aligned on top of each yes. other. There's no change in the background gradients and things like that. That's the difference between a premium brand online or on e-commerce and everybody else. There's no like sticky widgets everywhere. Everything's very consistent and well thought through. 
it's very clear that they had a vision and a 10,000 foot view and they revised, revised, revised and self-edited and iterated until they got to this extremely polished experience. And oftentimes for the last decade, uh, you'll ask someone, Hey, well, what do you want your website to look like? They'll be like Apple. Okay. What do you like about (laughs) Apple? It's just so clean. Well, it's clean because there's there's not a pop-up telling me to spin the wheel or punch the monkey or whatever the hell. And all the product photos are are shot in a very consistent way or rendered in a very consistent way. Whereas like a lot of merchants struggle to know what an aspect ratio is in an image and crop them all the same size. So you can't expect to have that like ultra premium experience if you can't figure out if your photo should be landscape or portrait. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, that the website is it is just it's a frame. It is a showcase for your your products and your content. It is still up to you, the brand, to create what goes into the picture frame. And that is the way to think of these website themes. I think we could probably talk all day about what Shopify is doing. Unfortunately, we don't have all day. I know you're super active on Twitter, and I had another guest on recently who was involved in the Twitter e-commerce space. Go ahead, share your your Twitter handle as well as where else people should find you. Sure. Uh, my Twitter ha- handle is at Kurt Inc. K-U-R-T-I-N-C. And the the best way or place to get in touch with me other than Twitter is my newsletter. If you Google me, Kurt Elster, head to KurtElster.com, sign up for my newsletter. That comes from my actual email address. So at any time, if you get an email from me, you can hit reply. It will go to my inbox. Look at you, man. If you ask me a thoughtful question, I will send you a thoughtful reply. Oh, that's so nice of you to still be answering emails. <laughs> shot like you? I am ruthless about my inbox. I have honeypot addresses out there so that I won't get emails. Every morning I wake up to like 10 to 30 emails. That's not a lot. And it is because I am vigilant about my inbox. Oh, yeah. You're unsubscribing from everything and... Oh, 100%. We, we should probably do another podcast where we just talk about that because uh, my inbox is a mess. Just declare bankruptcy. Select all archive. There you go. All right, man. I uh, I want you guys to to listen to Kurt's podcast, the unofficial Shopify podcast. It's amazing. As you can tell, the guy's got charisma. He's got flair. He's got humor. Opinions. He's got opinions. He's got experience. He's like, you know, 10x what I am. So if you're listening to my show and you're not listening to his, you, I would actually kind of question you. That, that may, uh, may be an odd thing to be doing. But uh, <laughs> He just got called out. <laughs> called out by, by myself. By Eric Badholz. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Listen to him and find us on Twitter. As always, thanks for listening. This has been another Building an E-Commerce Conversation. Cheers. Keep on growing. Oh.